You're listening to Run, R-U-N, Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. As pastor of the Smithton Outpouring and the Kansas City Revival, Steve is a leading voice of revival worldwide. Steve shares his life-changing encounters with God, along with biblical teaching that equips you to experience and lead lasting revival. Come, run with Steve and expect God to revive us now. Hello again and welcome to another Revive Us Now podcast. I am your host, Steve Gray, and today we're going to talk about revival, but more than that, we're going to talk about why not revival. What's hindering revival? Can we have revival? And no doubt a lot of people are beginning to realize we need a move of God. We need God's presence to come and fill our churches, fill God's people. But why are we not getting that? And I think one of it is we need to connect to the spirit of truth because not a lot of truth out there. I don't know if you watch the news. I try to mm, watch a little bit of it just to kind of keep up on what's being said. And I walk away not knowing what to believe. I don't know if that's you, but that's me anyway. And then I begin to realize, you know, the Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I began to get that revelation. I hope you get it too, that truth is a person. So we're going to have to talk about the person Jesus. We're going to have to realize uh, who is this person? What's he teaching? When he did teach, what did he teach? What did it mean to them? Because I love teaching what did it mean to them in the first century. And then apply it, what should it mean to us in this century? But today you don't get much Jesus. You don't get much talk about what did it mean to them? What did it mean to Jesus? What was going on in his life, in his century, in his day? And then apply it. You don't get much of that today because sermons today... To me, it sounds, you know, I, 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 I kind of listen to bits and pieces of sermons, and I don't stay with it much because it just seems like group therapy. In fact, some of it's free group therapy. You don't even have to pay for it. It's group therapy. It's all about us. And it's uh, sermons, as I kind of listen to it here and there, it's like sermons of how to be a better us or how to be a better me. And uh, so, in other words, I'm going to stay like I am. I'm going to stay who I am, but I'm going to become a better who I am. And it's like group therapy. And so we're going to talk about all our problems. And, and, all, and, and in fact, everybody loves it because we're talking about our favorite subject, me. That's my favorite subject, me. And that's how most people are. They want to talk about it. They want to know why they do things and analyze themselves. Oh, boy. People love that stuff. But now we need some truth. We need to hear what we, you know, we need some preaching that tells us what we need to hear, not necessarily what we want to hear. And so not a lot of preaching like that goes on anymore. It's all about us and all about comforting us. And so it's, to me, it just feels like I'm in a group therapy session. So I don't listen to the whole thing because I don't need to be in a group therapy session. I want to hear about Jesus. I want to hear the spirit of truth come out. I want to hear the truth about me. I want to hear the truth about our country. I want to hear the truth about our churches. I want to hear the spirit of truth give me revelation, knowledge of where we are in the spirit, what we need to do, and what, what's God saying? What's he want of us? What's, uh, what's Jesus saying about us today? So, you know, in the book of Revelation, he came and he spoke about seven churches, and he said, this is what I'm saying. Well, I want to hear that today about churches, and I don't want to hear what's motivating me. And so today we got to we, we got all these sermons, and they're everywhere, I know. And I'm not being critical, because sometimes I think it's just people don't know what else to talk about. 
They don't know what else to preach about. They don't know their Bible. They don't really know the Bible. They know just, a, you know, this self-help stuff and uh, encourage you to keep going in who you are. And that's not the Bible. See, the Bible is a book. Well, the kingdom of God is a kingdom. And the Bible is a book about that kingdom teaching us how we can become somebody else. This is a kingdom that transforms people into somebody else. And so if you're only wanting to be soothed and comforted and encouraged to keep going as the person you are, you're going to miss the kingdom of God. And so much preaching today is just encouraging people to keep going as the person they are. But this is a kingdom that is about becoming somebody else. In other words, like Peter, Peter became the fisherman. Peter the fisherman became the fisher of men, right? Peter's fishing fish. Now you shall be fishing for people, right? And then Saul, who was a persecutor of Christians. So Saul the persecutor became what? Paul the preacher. He became somebody else. And the list goes on and on. With that in mind, now let me mention this. Let me mention a scripture that I got so burned out on this scripture, especially in the 80s and 90s and on into today, because I've been, you know, preaching for a long time. And oh, this scripture that just went about, and I, I mean, it was used on for so much prayer walks, walks on Washington and capitals and marches through prayer walks through the cities and conferences and, and uh, seminars and, and on and on. And I just got preached out on it, you know, and I, I wanted to preach about it. And I may have occasionally mentioned it, but I just got burnt out on this scripture. And I, and I love, but I love the scripture. I love this scripture, but I got, man, preached out on it because the way it was being done, you know, the scripture, second Chronicles, you know, if my people, you know it, so many people know it. If my people who call by my name will humble themselves and pray, right, and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. And I love that scripture. And, uh, and, but, but I do want to tell you a story about that scripture that happened when I was at a conference, and I was part of this conference, and that was their conference scripture. And I was a speaker at the conference, and there were other famous people there. Uh, you know, there were famous people there that were speaking at the conference and everybody was supposed to speak on that scripture. You know, if people call by my name, big if, if, if they will. And so everybody was supposed to speak on that scripture, you know, and, and so I was in the lineup and, and, uh, somebody preached before me and, and, uh, and uh, right, right then, I, I realized there was something as I listened to each of the speakers. You know, it says here, you know, and I'm looking at this scripture, it says, If my people who are called from my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. And I noticed everybody that preached, each one that, each one that preached, none of them called for the church folks or the folks just sitting there to turn from their wicked ways. Every sermon up to till I got there, every sermon was about people in America they were supposed to turn from their wicked ways. In other words, they say, America's going to be doomed. America's going to be judged. America's going down the tubes if they, they don't turn from their wicked ways and they'd bring up some alternate lifestyle community in California or something in some city, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And they just pound it, you know, and oh, oh, if they don't turn from their wicked ways, America's going to be doomed and going to be judged. And I thought, you're not even preaching the scripture. The scripture's talking about if my people, if God's people don't turn from their wicked ways and nobody even touched it, you know, and they go on and it just blinded everybody, you know, everybody seemed to be in agreement about it and, and enjoyed the, the you know, the conference 
difference. And so, so everybody agreed, you know, it's uh, the problems with America. America needs to repent. And they never called for anybody there in the building to repent. It, in other words, when they got done, it wasn't about the church at all and, or none about the people of God at all. But that's what the scripture was. I guess that's why I got so burnt out about it. And so anyway, there was a guy before me. I'm up next, you know, after this guy. He got up there and he preached. And his main thing was, if my people will pray, humble themselves and pray. And that was his main part. He took that scripture out of there. And then at the end of his sermon, then he, he called for everybody in the place. It was a lot of people were there, a thousand, couple thousand people. And a lot of them were pastors. And, uh, and he called for him. He says, okay. So he preached his sermon. He says, at the end, you know, if my people will humble themselves and pray. So we're going to pray right now. And that was the end of his sermon. Is the, the big call, you know. So let's all pray. Let's humble ourselves and pray. And so people, they turned around in their pew and some knelt and some came forward and they kneeled down and they'd fold their hands and they bowed their head and there they prayed and it was quiet you know as they call the church mouse could have been heard you know quiet as a church mouse and you could have heard a pin drop you know and there's a little few groans you know here and there but they were just a praying away and it went for a little while and then then they stopped it because they had to stay on schedule and it was time for a coffee break because they're going to have a coffee break before before I was to preach <laughs> And so they had a coffee break, and then it was my turn. And by then, I was pretty stirred up in my head, you know, and my heart was pretty stirred up. And so I got up there, and, and I began to preach, and, and, uh, and I began to start, you know, and, and, uh, and I, I got kind of worked up about this because I, I thought, you know, is what I just saw, because that's the theme of the whole thing, you know. If my people humble themselves and pray, and then it goes on and turn from their wicked ways. And I thought, is what I just saw? Before me, all these preachers and all these religious people just bowing down, just quiet as can be. I said, is that the fulfillment of Second Chronicles 7, 14? And I'll turn, turn from their wicked ways and I'll come and heal their land and all that. Did I just see the fulfillment of that scripture right before my eyes? Because he called them to pray, you know, humble themselves and pray. And I thought, this cannot be it this just cannot be it so I so I thought well I'm about to preach I'm gonna zero in on what I just saw I'm gonna zero in but I'm not gonna zero in on the pray because I think they all thought they prayed you know I don't know if I would have called it prayer but they all thought they prayed so I left that one alone and I thought I'm gonna zero in on the humble part and so I struck with revelation and I thought I so I told him I said I I don't think I said I watched that I saw that and I said I don't think there was a lick of humility in this room and there were probably 500 at least there are 500 preachers in the place and there were more other people there at least and I said I don't think there was a lick of humility in this room and I said you these folks you us we weren't being humble we were being comfortable Right? We were being comfortable because we just prayed like we always prayed. I said, if we're going to be humble, we'd break out of this thing. And I said, remember Joel, the prophet said, let the ministers wail and weep between the porch and the altar. We'd weep and we'd pray. And he said, they came before God and they weeped and they wailed and they cried out to God, spare your people, Lord. Spare your people. Don't let the enemies rule over your people. And it was about the, God's people. 
and let them say, where is their God? Don't let our enemies. And I said, if we were to humble ourselves, we'd broken out of the chains of bowing our head, closing these quiet little prayers, and we'd cry out. We'd humble ourselves and become real prayer warriors for the people of God and cry out for the people of God because it said we need to break free of our wicked ways, of our wicked ways. So why is there no revival? Because we got our own wicked ways we're hanging on to. We, we, we don't want it. We don't want to participate. We'd rather play golf than go to church. We'd rather run, watch movies rather than pray and go to church. And so all these wicked ways. And uh, so all of a sudden we see Jesus, you know, and he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's praying with great drops of blood and finally says, not my will, but your will be done. And I thought, there you got it, right there. You see, wickedness is having no regard for God. And I thought, you know, here, everybody's just satisfied to just pray a little prayer and go have coffee and not have regard for the heartbreak of God where Jesus finally said in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but your will be done. And I thought, you know what we need? If we're going to have revival, we better have a Gethsemane experience. We need men and women of God to have a Gethsemane experience where they're willing to let go of their will and grab hold of the will of God and say, we need to cry out. We need to repent. We need to turn from our wicked ways of no regard for God and what he wants. We're satisfied just to go on with our ways and... And, and, and just let, let the country go, let the people of God go and say, instead, we need to say, spare your people, Lord, spare your people, humble ourselves and not humbling in just burying your head in the pew or the chair and having a quiet prayer. Humbling yourselves is becoming, changing. See, the kingdom of God is not being soothed to stay like you are. The kingdom of God is to become what God wants you to be and say, not my will, but your will be done. And then... God will come and heal our land. So that's part one of Why Not Revival. Next, we'll stay with us because next week we'll be having part two. Until next time then, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. Push the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and spread the word on social media. For more episodes and resources, go to reviveusnowpodcast.com. Until next time, keep on running for revival.